It is Wednesday, August 17, the Big Sports Breakfast, Sky Sports Radio. A very good morning to you if you're just tuning in. Uh, in the tennis, the ATP event over in Cincinnati as we close in towards the US Open at Flushing Meadows and some good results for our top two Aussies this morning. Nick Kyrgios has won in straight sets against Spaniard Alejandro Davidovich Fakina, 7-5-6-4. Alex Dimonor has beaten... He's a Swiss opponent, a qualifier, Henri Larksonen, 6-2-6-2. But Tanasi Kokonakis has gone down in uh, three very tight sets. He was on court, in fact, for three and a quarter hours against the world number 12, Yannick Sinner, before going down, uh, well, 7-6 and 8-6 in the third set and deciding tiebreak. Uh, joining us, though, now in the studio as we chat all things rugby league from the Daily Telegraph... The Big Sports Breakfast weekend co-host. He's got the back page of the paper today. Jeez, he's busy. He uh, accused Loz of wanting to give him a back scratch in the news break. I needed a back scratch in the news break. <laughs> Dean wouldn't do it for me. Dean Ritchie, morning. Good morning. Wouldn't scratch his back, Dean. Well, Just, oh, come I'm on. great friends with Laurie, but there's got to be some sort of boundaries. You can stay above well, the I jump. You don't have to go up inside. Oh, well, my back's itchy. So I just needed someone to scratch it. Well, just there. I had just to get the corner of the wall. Just well, like a dog. <laughs> He's got fleas. He's got fleas, Loz. Is that jumper he wears every day? Clarky, it's good to be back. It's nice to be back, Bulldog. Bring a bit of... Class and dignity back oh, on the show because there know. are certain people on this panel yeah, who, when their captain coach, yeah, don't exactly lift loose, the standards to the class that we desire at mm. this wonderfully credible station. Yeah, we set a high standard. Loz very rarely reaches it, but we do have a high standard in here. Fair point. But I would have scratched your back. Thank you. Yeah. No, well, you Come always to me need someone time. to scratch your back. Mm. Get a back scratcher. Yeah, Where you, do I get that from? You, oh, no, you, arrived, you arrived at seven. Mm. $2 <laughs> shop. It wouldn't be around that many, around your exclusive parts, though, Laurie, mm. where you live. Tell me about the back page of the uh, Telegraph today, Dean. Craig Fitzgibbon, 20-year deal. Well, it's not at the Sharks. Officially a 20-year deal. It's a good contract. Steve Mace, I interviewed the chairman. Very, very good operator, Steve Mace, I might add. And he thinks that Fitzgibbon's the perfect fit for Cronulla. And he wants him there long term. He said he will be here for 20 years. That's how much confidence they've got in Fitzgibbon. I heard you guys this morning talking about it. Laurie potted my story, but we'll move on from that. <laughs> how many times did you he, ask? Because I, I, I know how this operates. You would have said, he would have said, oh, we want him long term. And you go, how long? How long? How long? How long? How long? Like five, five, ten. <laughs> And, and he goes, well, I'm not sure. And then you said, no, just put a number on it. He goes, right, I've 20. Yeah. And then you went, thank you. And then you would have slammed down the phone and then you went, I've got my story. You've just got no idea how journalism works, do you? (laughs) That's exactly how you operate. Do you think Steve would fall into that trap? (laughs) Yes. Is that an ex-player slash coach scorn? Yeah. (laughs) It's nice to be taught about... That's how it works. I know you. It's nice to be taught about journalism after 35 years (laughs) from a football player. (laughs) Anyway, before we were... So he just came out and said... 20-year deal, we want to sign him. Why 20? How old's Fitzy? Is Fitzy 40 and he's going to be 60? Yes. I think he was more getting to the point where... (laughs) He wants him long-term. They want him long-term. That's our point, though. We get that. Why did you write 20 years? He said it, not me. (laughs) 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 Just just leave the headline to he wants Fitzy long-term. No. 20 smackaroos. Right on 20. Well, let's get Steve on the line. Yeah, good idea. (laughs) Are you glad Clarky's back? Yeah, yeah. Seriously. <laughs> Off you go. I love, I love that you got the exclusive, though. I, mm. I like seeing that. 
Thank you. Yeah. And I, I think everyone hopes that with Fitzy. I think yeah. he's... He's a long-term coach. Yeah. Yeah. No, no... And he's done a great job yeah. so far. Yeah. It, but it, very hard, tough. I would imagine, like any role as a leader, very hard to to really make a, a, a long-term call after your, your first year. I think it takes a... It's like when you start at the highest level. Your first year, a lot of people don't know that much about you. There's obviously whispers and they know your strengths and weakness to a certain extent, but over a period of time, as you've mentioned before, Loz, the highs and lows of coaching, that's when I think Fitzy's going to be judged. When the yeah. Sharks don't uh, get off to a great start or when they're, you know, they do go through a lot of injuries, that's when he's going to be judged the hardest. But yeah. looking at what he's done this season... He's done a fantastic job. Well, he's, he's yeah. over, surely he's overachieved. Surely he's a chance of coach of the year. I was just going to say, Coach of the Year candidates. Fitzgibbon would be a clear favourite. Got to be. Todd Payton. Oh, clear favourite, Fitzy. I think he would be. He's got to oh, be up no, there. I think Todd Payton. Payton would be second. Well, yeah. Todd Payton, would, would, with the Cowboys, would have been in most people's bottom four. I don't, think, I don't think the Sharks would have been in the bottom four of most people. Yeah, they were, they were a team point. on the rise. Fair point. I, I, whereas the Cowboys were a team that were heading... South rather than north. Yeah, I think you're right, Loz. I think it's got to be Todd Payton. I'll throw in a smoke. Framing a market. Kevin Walters won seven from 24 last year. He's won 13 from 21 this year. He won't win it, but he should be in the conversation. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. And, and he, no doubt he's Fitzy's done a great job as well. Yeah. But I, I think Todd Payton, for me, if we're doing it now, like. Yeah. The Sharks might might finish on top of the table. Mm. You know, Penrith mightn't win another game, and the Sharks might win their next three, and all of a sudden. You know, they're sitting in second, or can they finish first still? I think, I think they mathematically can. they can, yeah. but it would be yeah. unlikely. But but if they did, then you then you start to talk about Fitzy as being the, the coach of the year. But as it stands at the moment, I just see the Cowboys and where they were projected to finish compared to where the Sharks were, and I think that Todd Payton's done an outstanding job. Did you have Fitzy in camp for country? Fitzy in camp for country. I thought you might have had him in there maybe as an assistant back then. I'm just wondering whether there's an insight as to what makes him no. tick. No. Because they've got to rap on him as a bloke just as much as a coach. Mm. And his, his ethics, his morals, uh, the boundaries he sets, the standards he sets. Well, look at the sets. way he played, though, as well. He, was, he made the most of his talent, didn't yeah. he? He was tough. Like, I remember playing, I think I'd only just started playing for Australia, so we spent a lot of time with the Roosters with New South Wales around that precinct at the SCG. Fitzy was always the bloke that would come over and say hello or watch your train or want to talk to you about how the team was going. He, he, was, always, he was always interested in, in all the other sports. He was always a gentleman, very well respected. Do you ask him in return? Yeah, I love the Roosters, of course. Not as much as the Tigers, but I love the Roosters. But I think it was the way he played as well. Now you see that that's why people respect him now as a, yeah. you know, oh. whether it was a player or a coach. He, he got the his best backside of off to got, get the best out of got himself. Got the best out of himself yeah. as a player. Yeah. He yeah. just worked really hard and obviously transitioned into coaching and had a great apprenticeship at the Roosters under Trent Robinson. And he's taken everything that he learnt over to the Sharks and they're having a, a wonderful, wonderful year, led by Craig, but also, you know, the players that he's brought mm. to the club. You talk about standards. Well, you know. Cam McGuinness, Dale Finuke and Nico yeah. Hines, they've lifted the standard of the Sharks and they're playing good football. Are we getting ready, Loz, for a team outside the top four to potentially make the grand final and win it? Normally we're only talking top four, but we clearly now have the Roosters and the Bunnies who are steaming home. What's well, going to happen at some point in time? Uh, um, 
you know, I, I think someone will, and it possibly could be this year. You, you, you'd never know. You'd never know, but you look at all We're those We're talking teams. about it more this year than normal, though, aren't we? Because generally, if you finish sixth or seventh, you're yeah. basically written off and dismissed. But Possibly year... because the wheels, not that they've fallen off Penrith, but you know, all of a sudden they're starting to get a few injuries field, and, marginally. and suspensions, although those players will be there. I, I still think Penrith will be hard to beat if they have their players available. Um, but all the other teams, the Cowboys, Shark Storm, what, Rabbitohs, Roosters, Eels, Broncos, they're, they're all similar ilk, really, aren't they? Mm. Yeah, Penrith are the standout. And then you've got these other teams that are capable of winning. Who knows? Who knows? That, that's the exciting thing about playing a final series. You've got to get it right on the night, and you've got to get it right for four weeks. Tell you what it has done is it's really livened up the prospects in the finals. We thought a few weeks ago it would be Penrith by a country mile. Melbourne had lost three in a row. Parramatta were inconsistent. Roosters and South had been modest at best. But suddenly Melbourne's back. Uh, you know, the Roosters, the Bunnies, uh, the Cowboys are still being fairly mm. consistent. So it's going to ensure what will be an absolute ripping final series. It's going to be a beauty. Uh, now, the Newcastle Knights and, uh, well, Andre Pockner was even quoted in the News Press the earlier man. this week in regards to well, what his son, Caelan, was doing in the toilet cubicle with Kurt Mann the other night, saying that, uh, well, he made an exciting house purchase on Saturday, celebrated with mates, was unfortunately sick in the toilet, and his mate went in to help him. So uh, where does this all end up, particularly for Caelan Ponga? Well, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the NRL integrity has taken over, which I think probably the Newcastle Knights would be uh, grateful for. It saves them having to be the school Taskmaster, yeah. so the Emerald mm. can now do it, and the Knights just fall into line behind that. Uh, look, I don't think it'll go too much further. Look, it wasn't a good look. Everyone out there has got an opinion of what they think happened in the toilet. No one knows. There's no cameras in there. There are two people that know, and they have denied it. I guess we have to take them on their word in terms of an investigation. Uh, I think that they will avoid any major punishment. There might be a fine in there, but... If Caelan Ponga was sick in the toilet and Kurt Mann went in to help his friend, then you could argue what have they done wrong. Can I, can I ask, though, Bulldog, if you're setting an example on player behaviour and player standards, if you have two players that are late for a bus that are stood down for a game and you have a player that stood down that swore at a trainer... You would argue that two players that are injured being out on the drink would be a far worse offence. Well, is that is that? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Was. So, so when you say you don't think that he will be suspended, I was more well, referring to major punishment. Yeah, right. All those three are adding to the problems that Newcastle have with their oh. culture. I think that's becoming abundantly clear now that the Knights have issues up there. These incidents are happening far too regularly for them not to be accused of having a problem with their culture. Uh, look, the Clemmer thing was disappointing. Uh, Tuala and Best was disappointing. Ponga, man, the list keeps going on. Mm. None of those are major, major incidents, and I'm not no. dismissing them as being trivial, but I'm just and saying... And if they were isolated events, 100%. like the players not being on time for the bus, I mean, that's just one of these things where you go, boys, next time, 
something will happen. But if they're trying to change the standards well, straight three away, three in a fortnight. Yeah, that's exactly right. Three in a it's fortnight. It's just compounded itself, and they've had to take action. But I, well, I was just interested when you said, yeah, you know, there, there, nothing might come of this. I'm thinking, well, hang on, something has to come of it because you've stood these two blokes down for missing a bus or being late for a bus. And what Kurt Mann and Kalen did, being out on the drink while injured and not playing, is worse than not showing up for a bus on time. Yeah, I probably didn't um, explain it properly. I was like, when I said nothing, I, I was more referring to anything major happening. There, yeah. there might be a fine in yeah. there. I can't see them being suspended unless. Yeah, they've been drug tested. If something comes back in the drug test, I'm just mm-hmm. surmising. But look, we have to believe them on their word. It wasn't a good look. Perhaps Caitlin should know better as being the leader and the face of the club. His father, Andrew. Andre. I love that. <laughs> should, maybe, should maybe just stay out of it. But it was good to have Andre back in the uh, television screens again. I miss the big man. <laughs> Good stuff, Bullfrog. If you've got a question for Bulldog, give us a call, 1353353. Send us a text, 0419767272. And, Doggy, Corey Norman, it's been confirmed overnight, an eight-week suspension and a 500-pound fine for grade F contrary behaviour for putting his finger in an area he shouldn't in a match between Toulouse and Warrington. In the UK Super League. What do you say? Just a grubby act, isn't it? I spoke to his manager yesterday, Paul Sutton, who's a very, very good operator, and he claims it would be an accident. Corey's been a colourful figure off the field, but on the field his behaviour's been generally pretty good. So this would be a little bit out of context on field. But you know, the vision seemed fairly clear when I looked at it, and the judiciary over there seemed fairly clear. Um, eight weeks is a fairly heavy suspension. Not forgetting Toulouse, there's three games left, uh, four games left, Clarkie, in Super League, yep. and they are running last. So they will more than likely be relegated. So not only has he lost... That'll top it off. And he hasn't got a contract for next year. So the timing of this is poor for Corey in terms of what it means to his club, whether they stay promoted in Super League... And for his future. But me and Loz were confused this morning. Like, it looks like he must know the guy. Like, he gets up after doing it and has a bit of a chuckle, a bit of a laugh. They'd had a running battle yeah, okay. for the previous five or ten minutes. So they'd been at each other. So that was obviously the Man, final act in the, in the drama. How are you ever thinking that? I don't know. No matter what your running battle is, how are you ever thinking about that? Surely it has to. Surely, like his manager said, he just didn't know his hand was there. Oh, I can't even. I, I can't comprehend it. Uh, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, footy league. at its best. Seriously, Loz, your sport. How good are we? Rugby mate. league. <laughs> Does it have any other sport? And mate, you know the other thing that I thought about when I watched the footy. You got like, like oh, you're playing asked. speedos. And you got your shorts on and your speedos on. Uh, like, mate, you're scratching the surface. Get out of there. <laughs> Get out of there. I don't have to get graphic. Yeah, but what are you thinking? <laughs> I don't know. Well, surely, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Surely you didn't think that when you were playing. It never came across my mind. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh. uh, Stuart's back at training this morning. Unbelievable. He is. For Canberra. Yeah, the great man was back at four o'clock yesterday when his one-week suspension concluded. 
and no doubt he'll come back full of beans, full of passion. Spoke to him a couple of times during his suspension. He he took it easy. I think he might have ducked away for a night or two just to clear the old head. And uh, he's got to get back quick, Rick, in terms of his side. There's still a big chance, Loz. They're one win outside the top eight. Uh, and they've got a pretty good draw, the Raiders. So they can really... We talk about the Roosters and the Bunnies, mm. which is fine. But let's not write off the Raiders just yet. Well, we got they, Newcastle. They could shock everybody and sneak in. Well, it's a tough game against Newcastle because of what's happened up there this week. You know, they'll rally around each other. Newcastle Raiders have to travel up there, and it's it's going to be tough for them. You know, but then they got Manly, and they got Manly at home, and Manly are without Jake, and we know the struggles that they're having uh, since. You know, not wearing the or wearing those jerseys, but the seven players pulling out of that. Uh, game because of the the pride jersey, and then they finish off with the West Tigers. So they're three winnable games for the Raiders, and if they win those games, and teams in front of them stumble, well, they will get there. Five dollars top eight, the Raiders. The Roosters are a dollar eight, and obviously only one win ahead of them at the moment. The so. problem with the Raiders is they're four and against. Yeah, so it's essentially two so games. Behind. They yeah, don't win yeah. those three. They don't deserve to be there. No, that's exactly Tigers right. last. Manly chaos and yeah. night disaster at the moment. Yeah, yeah, they should be winning the three games. <sighs> yeah. Just aside, if they did sneak in, that you wouldn't want to play, Loz. I mean, clearly you don't want to play near the top eight because they're there for a reason because yeah. they're good football teams. But the Raiders have just got a little bit of that, mm. maybe that little bit of that X bit of factor, toughness. a bit of toughness. And you just think, if I could avoid them, I'd prefer to. Yeah, well, you, you know that... Yeah, it's the best you way. know Ricky will have them wound up. Yeah, just they'll, they'll be more than competitive. You know, they'll be in your face and they'll be, you know, causing errors and, you know, just doing things that you just don't want to come up against in a semi-final. You know, that tough defensive system that they'll come out of the line and they'll put you under pressure and if the execution is not great, you'll force yourself into error and then you'll compound one error with two and then you get frustrated and... They can frustrate a team in a big mm. game, Canberra. There was a suggestion that Ricky might have been on the sideline last week in the Victor Vikings mascot outfit. <laughs> I heard that rumour. <laughs> they checked it, it out. Got him that. near the bench and yeah. got him near his players. Very wise. No one would have known. <laughs> uh, Saw said. Will Latrell death well placed sources, Clarky? <laughs> yeah. Well placed. Yeah. Twenty year deal. Victor the, Vi- <laughs> yeah. Victor the Viking. Friend of the couple. <laughs> Close friend of the family. I Close want Steve Mace on this program. Well, get him on. I've got, I've got his number. Macy. I want to see where he said. 20 years. 20 years. 20 year contract. What do you think when they're quoted as close friends? <laughs> I think Clark. it's an absolute load of rubbish. Right, okay. okay. I'd like to see any source said write their name or say their name or the journo write their By name. By the way, when you're away, I did take the liberty. I hope you don't mind of um, paying the money so you can join the... Uh, Journalist Union. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So am I in? Yeah, you're in. How long is yeah. my membership for? Uh, one year. Perfect. Four, 20 one, years. When does he have to hold the plaque? Four, one, double, two. Four, one, double, When's two. his first march? Yeah. Perfect. What I mean, do I get? Do you get a free T-shirt? Or no, what do you no, get? no, no, no. you just got to support the, the media. Okay. Back them every time when you're still, on radio. Yeah, yeah. they still march? Sure. <laughs> they still go out? Oh, I do they put their pens down and walk out? What do they do? I'd be too lazy to walk. In a word, does Latrell Mitchell play tomorrow night? Yes. I spoke to Jason Dimitro. It's mm. tightness in the groin, nothing more, unless they're playing silly buggers. I don't think Dimitro does that. Tell me someone Jeez, hasn't got it. Jeez, I hope he doesn't play tomorrow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he'll, he'll quite firm with no... Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm only based on what the coach yeah. tells me, and he said he'll 100% play. So if he doesn't play, blame him. 
Blame the coach. Blame me. Blame, blame Stephen Mates. Blame, blame, <laughs> blame a tight groin. <laughs> Tell me a dude that hasn't got a tight groin. Well, thank you, Clarky, on that note. I think I'll 7.30, good night. <laughs> Can you do an in-depth follow-up on Corey Norman? <laughs> thank you, Bulldog. Thank you. Wins this morning for Alex Demonor and Nick Kyrgios in the opening round of the ATP event in Cincinnati. Unfortunately, Tanasi Kokonakis lost to the world number 12, Yannick Sinner. In three very tight sets and three and a quarter hours on court. Um, now, in about an hour's time, stay tuned. We're going to speak to 18-year-old Mannix Hunt, who, Loz, you saw this story, plays for the Bar Calden Sand Goennas. Mm. This is in central Queensland. Now, Bar Calden, you're talking up near Longreach. So that's about 1,070 k's Bar Calden from Brisbane, a 12-hour or so drive. Anyway, this uh, the local team there, the San Goennas, at the start of the season, they were struggling to get players. And the, the club was essentially going to fold. And Menix was 17 at the time, basically got a whole heap of people together and saved the club himself, became captain coach, five teams in the comp, and they've won the comp. Unbelievable. They beat Blackhall 14-10 in the grand final. He's 18 now, so he's had his first drink. I'm looking forward to having a yarn to him, you know, because that's outstanding work, isn't it? When you're a young 17-year-old, you love your footy that much. The town looks as though they can't get a team together and they need someone to captain coach. They need someone to organise. The whole family got in behind him and all of a sudden they put a team out there and they went on and won. It was their first competition they've won in a long while. So you can only imagine the celebrations around town and how excited they were. And well done to young Mannix because without him, they wouldn't have a footy team and they certainly wouldn't have won a grand final. Yeah, they've celebrated hard, apparently. So good on them. Uh, so stay tuned for that chat. It is coming up in an hour's time. After 8 o'clock this morning, we'll speak to Damien Cook, South Hooker as well. But coming up shortly, well, we got the NRLW season times two for season 2022 in. Reminder that uh, well, the season finished April 10. That was the postponed uh, 2021 season, which couldn't go ahead due to COVID. So they played it earlier this year. And the Roosters won the grand final there in, uh, I think it was at uh, the Redcliffe's home ground there at Morton Stadium. In fact, they beat the Dragons 16-4. And uh, Corbin Baxter was the captain at the time. She's uh, off to have a child. So stepping up as captain is Isabel Kelly. And she's coming up next. Yes, the season starts for the Roosters against Parramatta, 1pm Combank Stadium on Saturday. Joining us is the Roosters captain, Isabel Kelly. Isabel, good morning to you. Morning, guys. What does it mean to you to take over from Corbin Baxter and lead this team? Yeah, it's a massive privilege, I think, just being you know part of the Sydney Roosters family and being now, known now as a captain. Um, it's super humbling, but... Yeah, I'm really excited to get out there on Saturday. Does your role change much, Isabel, with this leadership? Or do you feel like you keep doing the same thing, you just got that C beside your name? Yeah, I think um, I'm, I'm kind of a natural leader, you know, and I have been for a long time now. And I've just always kind of been like a vice captain and um, always been waiting for this next role to step up and take the captaincy. But I think um, I'm someone that definitely likes to lead by example out on the field. So I'm just hoping that 
um, the girls will follow me, and they're a great bunch of girls, so I'm sure that they will. Yeah, well, interesting, uh, Isabel, because we've been talking about leadership, and in particular in regards to Newcastle Knights and the lack of leadership and what leadership looks like. To you, what does leadership look like? It's not only just on the field, is it off the field, all-encompassing? How do you look at a leadership position? Yeah, I think um, it's super important, especially in the women's game, as it's such a, a new platform and there can be quite a lot of pressure on some young girls and everything. But um, I also see it as that they, they need to have someone off the field that they can go to and feel comfortable talking to if they have any issues or just someone that, you know, if they need a bit of a boost, they can get that confidence. But, um, yeah, I think it's really important to also know what gets the girls going, gets them ticking and um, can really, you know, make them the player that they need to be on the day so um i really like to get to know all the girls and and make sure that i can do that for them but like i said i love leading by example and i love getting out there and um doing everything or having that extra run so um yeah i think i think the girls see that when i do that but yeah it comes in so many different forms but yeah basically everything that i just said what about uh extra pressure from obviously the success you had at the start of the year um beating the dragons do you feel that extra pressure now coming into this year um i think the women's comp is so unpredictable uh i think everyone has noticed that the last few years but um i don't think we really feel too much pressure which is a good thing because there is so many girls that have swapped around this year within Mm. going to different teams um like the knights and i think that's you know, also a massive story within itself within Women's Rugby League. So um, there's a lot of new stories. So we're not feeling too much pressure, which is good. And I think that's, you know, the the best thing for us. But at the same time, I always say that pressure is, you know, also a great thing. It brings out things in people and teams that they might not know that they had had in themselves. We're speaking with Isabel Kelly, the NRLW captain of the Roosters. And Isabel, you had the origin victory for the Blues there in July. But tell us overall what the impact of, I guess, the shorter gap between seasons has been and how you've had to readjust your lives not away from the game as well. Yeah, it's been a, a bit of a whirlwind this year with, with having the NRLW of the start of the year than origin. And now we're back in NRLW. But... Um, this is what we love. We love to play footy. We love to be, you know, putting our best foot forward and being up on the main stage. And I think um, we showcase that within the first season that people love watching women's rugby league and especially in state of origin, the amount of people that tuned in there. So um, yeah, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a whirlwind, you know, everything you know kind of going and happening. But at the same time, we're we're very honoured and privileged that we get to have this much footy in one year and. Um, it's only going to get better every year that it goes on. Every time that we're playing, we're playing good product. Um, people are going to buy in more. And then hopefully in the next few years, we have a full-time competition. I was about to ask you, Isabel, um, if I could ask you about an ideal world in the next five years for NRLW, what, what does it look like in your mind? Yeah, I think it's definitely being full-time. Um, you see as the comp grows and the girls are training more and within the team environment more how much the product has improved and, um, I think if we keep on that track and we keep slowly building um, towards the full-time product, I think that's going to be exactly what it should be. I'd love for young girls to come through the pathways and then you know, transition into full-time athletes like the men, and I think that's what it will deserve. In, in a few years, it's still building, obviously. We're still getting more teams. We're lucky enough to have four new teams next year, but um, yeah, I'm hoping for it to be full-time for those girls. When you say full-time, Isabel, do, do you mean you want every every team that we see in the NRL, for example, have a have a female team as well? Yeah, that would be awesome, but 
um, yeah, at the moment it's obviously a bit hard because we don't have as many girls playing yeah. at that standard that we need. And yeah. like I said, that's got to build quite slowly, and it, it has. And I think the product is definitely getting there. But um, yeah, I'd love to see every team have a te- like you know a women's team. But at the same time, it's like you don't want to overdo it, mm. and then it goes backwards. So even if it wasn't every single team, I think that would be awesome. Um, even if the girls were training full-time during the day and then going home like the men do. Do you feel there's enough stock in regards to quality of players for these four new teams to come in next season? Next season? Yeah, I think um, it's, it's going to be a very interesting season. I think um, there's obviously a lot of new women that will have to come into the competition, mm. but it's super exciting at the same time for all those clubs like Canberra. I was super excited for them. But, yeah, I think um, they're going to have to find some girls. And I think a lot of girls from Costco's will also come over to play, um, which is great for our sport, as we've seen with some of the union and sevens girls that have come over. But, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting, but at the same time, it's super exciting. Isabel, of course, you've got to combat increased scrutiny as your profiles and your exposure gets... Uh, a lot bigger, which is certainly happening now. And I see the Broncos winger Julia Robinson has had to endure, well, low lifes on social media, uh, just commenting on her physique, which is outrageous because she looks absolutely incredible. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Tell us about, I guess, you know, yourself and others and, and you know, tolerating that sort of behaviour and what you have to endure. Yeah, I, I've, been, I've um, been through that before. I've been in the game since I was 18 and I'm now 25 so um, I've dealt with that a bit and it's just getting used to it and kind of blocking it out but yeah obviously the thing about Julia is so <laughs> just left field it doesn't make any sense because she's one of the hardest working athletes within our game but yeah it's just something that we've got to get used to when you see it every day in the game but um, we're lucky that we get the media training and we get people coming in and talk to us so that the new girls coming through aren't just exposed to it straight away that um, you know, they get the training with how to deal with it. What excites you about your team this year compared to early in the season? Has there been much turnover of play? Yeah, we lost we lost a couple of girls to Newcastle just because that's where purely where they're based and it was too much travel. But um, I'm super excited to see Destiny Brill. She's someone that we've signed um, and she'll be playing hooks for us. She's only young. I think she's 19, but she's played in the state of origin for a few years now. She's absolutely killed it. And then um, our veteran, Sam Bremner, has just come back from having two babies. So um, she'll be playing fullback, filling Corby's shoes, and I think she's going to just do amazing. And it's awesome for her to come back because it just showcases that women can have babies and fight their way back to the big time to the NRL. What are you expecting from Parramatta this week? Because I think there was only a point between you last time you met. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be tough. Um, first game is always the toughest, I feel. You don't really know what to expect of the opposition because there is a lot of player movement that happens within the NRLW. But, yeah, they're going to be tough. They've got a good middle pack. Um, a few girls that are quite experienced within there with Mima and um, Mina that have played State of Origin. So I think they're going to be quite tough there. But it's just going to be, I think, a big grind match with them um, and just who wants it more, basically, at the end of the day. Really appreciate your time, Isabel. Looking forward to seeing you back on the park this weekend and for the upcoming season. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me, guys. Isabel Kelly there, the Roosters NRLW captain, and she mentioned how unpredictable the competition is. We only have to look at the odds for who's going to take it out. The grand final is the same day as the men's grand final on October 2, the Sunday as well. And the Roosters are joint favourites with the Dragons. They, of course, played in that grand final 16-4 to it was back in April. And they're both $3.50 at the top of the betting. Brisbane, $4.50.
Newcastle who've made some significant signings, as Isabel touched on, and Millie Boyle, who was uh, the co Dally M winner of the season that's just finished as well. $6.50 of the Knights on the fourth line of betting. Then you got the Titans at eight and Parramatta $9. So a compressed market there for the upcoming NRLW season and four teams coming in next year. Who would have thought, say, even 10 years ago, you'd have 10 women's teams competing in an NRLW competition, this has been uh, a fair... And it's watching, exciting times, isn't it? It's great to watch in the yeah. afternoon. Uh, when you're just flick, flicking through the channel, Sunday, Saturday, Sunday afternoon, you find yourself watching it for a considerable yeah. period of time. It's exciting times for all women's sport in this country um, because there's a lot more investment in it now than ever before, and so there should be. And young girls have always loved watching rugby league, but they never really had the opportunity or a pathway for them uh, to push forward. And now they have that, and it is a slow build. Um, and there's another four teams coming into their competition next year, and eventually it will be standalone. Um, we see the games on television now. Uh, it's very well received. The skill level is high, and it will only get better you know, the more um, they're allowed to, to practice and showcase their skills and the girls get interested and a bit more money into the sport, and it will become full-time at some point. Now, I don't know whether that'll be in two years or five years, but you know that it's heading down that path and this will be a major um, sport on its own, NRLW. Brad Davidson, morning to you. Morning, Jared. Morning, everyone. Now, I know you love any additional information for the punters and the Australian Turf Club is coming to the fore with this new well, weather, wind and track information, live information as part of a new digital service. Yes, uh, that's correct, uh, Jared. They've been talking about it for some time and um, good to see it uh, being introduced from this Saturday onwards. That'll be at Rose Hill, Roundwick and at the Kensington meetings to start with and then it'll be rolled out for Warwick Farm and Canterbury longer term as well. So you're right, get that live information, which is uh, terrific to, to know how much rain has fallen at, at those tracks, uh, the wind at certain parts of, uh, of those uh, tracks and uh, also a number of live information about the, the track as well. So um, I think it's going to be updated around every 15 seconds as well. So I can't tell you, Jared, how many times in the last five years I've Googled the, uh, the live uh, camera there at Allison Road on, on, uh, on Google just to, just to see if there's been any rain at the, at the track at, at night and whatnot when the fronts come through. So this information will be really good for punters and um, yeah, we'll be able to just uh, track it basically whenever we want. So... Um, any any addition like this for punters is, is fantastic and uh, well done to the Australian Turf Club for this initiative and I'm sure it'll be well received by all. What's the latest news on Muggatoo, Davo? Yeah, Loz um, finished down the track there on the on the weekend and the, look, the, the team just summing up their options at the moment. Um, led from one nostril, I believe. They found that afterwards and, and just sort of deciding now or the decision to be made later this week on the horse's future and whether they they press on or, or whether they uh, decide to retire the horse. So we'll wait and see how that uh, pans out. He's been a great horse for connections for some time. Of course, won an all-star mile. And um, you know, early on when he first arrived in Australia, he put a few together on the trot and looked like he was going to be you know, probably the, one of the, the best horses in the country. And look, he, he's turned into probably just be a, a length or two off, the, off that absolute elite. But um, he's still been a... A super horse for connections. Obviously, he was off the long break there 
on the weekend and, and finish down the track. So we'll wait and see how that pans out. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see if they uh, continue to race on or, or decide to retire the, the horse later this week. Who makes that call, David? Um, the I, final I, decision. Yeah, a lot of the times it'll come down to the, the, the trainer. Most owners uh, are pretty... Uh, pretty sort of will let the, the trainer sort of make those calls, Clarky. Okay. Some owners will, you know, if they don't like the, the call, they'll, they'll take the, the horse off the trainer and can, can take it to another stable. But yeah. a lot, particularly with a galloper like that, that's uh, been so successful under that trainer, they'll, they'll let that trainer make that call and, and sort of respect that decision. Are you ready to get trigger happy on anything when the final field markets come out today for the Wink Stakes on Saturday? And a mo, gee, $2.50 all in. Yeah, he's short, isn't he? With there with the the big weight, but um, look, he's a class galloper. We know that, and he's been able to uh, show that over the last uh, twelve twelve or so months. Um, you know, uh, he's been super, hasn't he? Really against the older horses, and, and to see what he's done. But yeah, I, I look forward to looking at this race each and every year. One thing I'll say is, is generally there's a horse at big odds that that runs well in this race every year, and. Um, Sometimes it's a first-up horse, or sometimes it might be one that's trying to catch the others first up on the hop a little bit, um, because we know it's generally a race full of class horses, but class horses not at their suitable trip or just kicking off their campaign. So generally, it's a race right up for grabs. So, and we'll be looking, uh, getting, uh, have a good look at the, the data and, and the way the race sits up later today, and see if there's anything we can find to. To beat Animo first of all, or, or whether he looks a, a, a good thing and, and worth a bet. So we'll, we'll assess all that later today. So true, Dave. I was just thinking, actually, I remember a horse running well at big odds last year, then had a great spring. She's Ideal was the horse. Yeah. It was $51 last year, ran a bottler. Yeah, that was the one that, that came to mind for me. That's, yeah. that's the reason I made the comment is she t- tends to run really well in this race. So you're right, it, it seems to be one of those that... Um, that if they're trialling well enough, they can be out the back and, and hit the line strongly and a real good chance of causing an upset. It seems to be a race where there's not a great deal between a few of these. Obviously, you know, when you get your, your really good horses, they can dominate. But um, at this time of the year, I think it'll be a bit of a blanket finish personally. But we'll wait to see how all the figures uh, stack up later on. What's your best at Canterbury today, mate? Yeah, I've gone race three, number one, Star Spark Loz, uh, 1,600 up to 1,900 metres, but he just looks to dominate the race out in France. So I like the way he's going. He seems to carry weight well, and I think that the, the drying track uh, should should suit him. Like, he, he seems to get through soft pretty well. I don't think it'll be too bad there today at, at Canterbury. I know it's taking a little while to dry, but I just think straight to the front and, and hard to run down. They're the style of horses I want to be on race three, number one, Star Spark. I'll have a price for the listeners after the news because those markets just being readjusted for scratchings as we speak. Davo, have a good day. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Cheers.